Welcome to the Paul Series Podcast, where we dive deeper into the content from Sunday's message. Okay. Um, here we go. This is always my favorite part. <laughs> I'm waiting for your first word. Are you going to sing? Are you going to... I don't know what I'm going to do. That's what so I'm here we go. Here we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. <laughs> so we started a new series. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Paul Series podcast now. And uh, our names are so good. <laughs> they are so good. It's just so creative, you know? Excellence. We value it. Yeah. When you think about, like, what would a series about Paul be named? Like, what's a good idea that you could come up with? I, we went to our creative team, and they crushed it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we were like, hey, so we're going to be teaching on Paul. What do you think? And they were like, um, Paul. And we were like, go, yo! Hey, man. That was, I mean, next level on the creativity there. <laughs> but t- tug me about what this series is all about. Why are we doing it? Uh, what's special about it? I just want to hear you kind of kick us off and give us a sense of what this is going to be. Uh, one, I think selfishly, I love character studies in the Bible. Okay. I love studying people and learning lessons from their lives. I think they're so relatable because they're mm-hmm. actual people. Um, right. I think sometimes we forget these aren't superheroes. These are actual people who lived on this earth and yeah. we can learn a lot from their lives. Um, I think secondly, just biblical literacy, uh, just learning about a character in the Bible, studying, you know, Paul is, man, he's the, he's like the pinnacle other than Jesus of like, yes who we should follow. I mean, he even said, follow me. So um, love getting to know uh, about the Bible, growing my knowledge of the Bible, but also practically learning how to live out the Bible. Yeah. And we've we've made biblical literacy like an actual goal stated in the series as we've been thinking through and developing it, because it is true. We have people from all different walks of life and different spots in their faith. And some people just literally need to know more things about the Bible, more facts. Like we're not against people just developing their no and increasing their knowledge. So, talk to me about this this website and where all that came from, and and what was the what was the origin of that? Yeah, I, I think with Paul, I mean, there is so much in the New Testament about Paul, and so, so as we approach this series, we it could have been you know two years, and so we did it, <laughs> right. and we're going to try to do it in eight weeks, which is really tough, and so we wanted to offer to our church, and really anybody who, who wants to access this material, uh, man, you can grow in your knowledge of Paul, of some of the places and locations where he ministered, the churches he started. I mean, we're trying to give it all to you, so it's a great resource for anybody who's digging with us. Hey, there's a daily devotion to walk in, yeah. and so, man, I'd encourage you to to go about that. We had some guys in our church, some volunteers, give up a lot of time yes. um, to to invest in this series to give you that information. And so let's get, you know, we should shout out to definitely. Those guys. Yeah. So Keith Horn, uh, Nate Logan kind of led the team, one of our, our pastor of spiritual development, but he worked with Keith Horn, Ben Lineman, and Paul Halbert. Those three guys uh, r- really in particular put a lot of time, did tons of research. Those are three yeah. extremely knowledgeable. They're geniuses. Let's just, let's just cut to the chase. <laughs> These three guys are smarter than they're just, I would love to be as smart as them one day. <laughs> I know, me too. Um, so anyway, super great. They've all got, you know, uh, jobs doing other things, but have ministry experience and have spent a lot of time um, in God's word. And uh, I, I just loved seeing their gifts at work as yeah. they were developing this content. Originally, it was going to be a booklet, right? Because um, last fall, we did a series on 
Um, David, yeah. Portraits yeah, King of David, the King, right. Yeah. Portraits of a King. We put a booklet together. And so we thought this time, let's do it a little differently. Let's deliver it digitally, which gives us the ability to actually produce a lot more content. Yep. So um, I, I really hope it's going to be helpful. PaulSeries.com. And if you see, if you know Keith, Keith Horn, Ben Lineman, Paul Holbert, you know any of those three guys, give them a big shout out because this was... Um, a ton of work and research going into it. There's no way uh, that we could cover all that they know or taught us. (laughs) So that's why the website exists. Um, But hey, let's jump into a a question that kind of came to my mind as I was uh, hearing you talk through this first week of the the series. You talked about how uh, Paul was in a series of preparation and that kind of a thing. How, How do I handle a season of preparation if I'm in that uh, whatever it might look like in my life. How do I handle How do I make the most of it? Yeah, I think, don't, one, don't run from it. Um, I think that's the first thing, the natural reaction is in those seasons where God works on the process, He works on sanctifying us and teaching us. I think it's easy to overlook those. It's easy to just not want to deal with those. And so I would say, one, um, you, you got to press into it. Ask the right questions. God, what are you trying to teach me um, in this journey? Um, I said the, said this 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 last this weekend, and I, I believe it is enjoy the the drive to the dream. Yeah. And so what I mean by that is, don't miss out on those lessons God is teaching you in the preparation stage and come back to them. I think one way to really uh, use this preparation stage is it's not just before God uses you, but it's also in the midst that God uses you. So there's times in my life where God has prepared me for something. I'm in the middle of it, and I go back to that season in my life, and I remember things He taught me there that catapult me to continue doing what I'm doing. And I think that that could have happened in Paul's life, where, man, later down the road where he's leading churches, did he ever come back to that moment and look and remember Stephen you know, being stoned and being right. like, forgive them of their sins. Like when he's being persecuted, when he's <laughs> being beaten, yeah. thinking of like, wow, I did the same thing to Stephen. And I'm so glad God used this in my life, not only in the preparation season, but also in the season where God is using me. I come back to those lessons I learned. That I think that's really profound, man. Wh- I mean, that's my gift, the profound, obviously. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, but I- I'm just kind of sitting in that for a second. The idea that Paul you know, he experienced, he was later in his life, we know he actually was stoned to death and came back to life. Yep. Imagine being stoned, having, being killed by people throwing rocks at you, having done that to someone Someone. else for the same reason. Yep. Like it's impossible to me that he was not flashing back to Stephen and the incredible faith and boldness that he demonstrated. And in fact, a lot of scholars take uh, Paul's sermons in various times and compare them back to Stephen's first yep. speech to the Sanhedrin that Paul would have been there for. So Paul's whole framework for explaining Jesus as Messiah goes back to this season of preparation where he had no idea that God had been preparing him. Yeah, it's amazing how God wow. uses those moments in our life. And you know, you know, I think the biggest mistake people th- make is, okay, God's prepared me for this, I don't have to. Re- I don't have to remember any of the lessons. Like God's got new lessons for me. And what I've found true in my life is, it's interesting. God continues to teach me the same lessons over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I prepared for you this. You're doing this. Oh, oh no, Drew. I've got to teach you this again right. and, and again. And you know, don't don't forget those lessons you learn in that process and in that prep that God takes you through. And I don't know that Paul would say his season of preparation even ended. 
right? right. I mean, it's sort of a misnomer that we're even headed somewhere uh, called a rival. You right. know what I mean? We, they call that heaven. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, and Paul spoke that way, right? Like, right. for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain, and to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord, like he talks about running the race and, you know, wanting to finish it well. And he didn't seem like, oh man, you know what my season of preparation was? It was before I met Jesus. Right, right. It was his whole life. It's interesting too that, you know, we just got done with a series on, you know, God's will for our life. And the last message was, hey, God's will for your life is sanctification. Mm -hmm. And really that is the preparation that God uses. It's really just the process of us looking more like Christ and you're right, that never stops. We're always really in a season of preparation for eternity. Yeah. So uh, another question that I was thinking of is, God got Paul's attention in a very dramatic way, like the the most dramatic way. He saw, he saw the light. Um, I saw the light. I was hoping right? you would sing. Yeah, that was... Oh, okay. I don't... I think singing... We should name this the singing gentleman. Wow. They, um... I think people would like that. So, Guys, let us know so if you would awful. like that name, if you want us to go with that. I Podcast I, at NorthridgeRochester.com. <laughs> that, that's the email. Um, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an incorrect email so that we don't hear. No, actually, <laughs> I want to give you the right email so that we hear all the negative feedback we need to not make that a, a direction we go. Yikes. But okay, so God got Paul's attention, very dramatic way, lights, he's falling down, he's going blind, there's like this big thing. Um so that's how we got his attention. But how has God gotten your attention in your life? I assume you've never been struck with blindness for a few days, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. How, how has God gotten your attention? Uh, technically, I am blind in one eye. Just a side fact that for everybody to know. fun fact. So, fun fact of the day. So maybe it should be called the Fun Fact Podcast? I mean... I'll give you a fun fact podcast. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you two ways. Um, two, one more practical way and one bigger way. Um, the first and most practical, I think God uses my wife to get my attention. Um, hmm. You know, in areas where she'll just call me out for, you know, doing something that I shouldn't be doing, well, she'll call me out. Like she... My wife's voice in my life often is, you know, I don't want to say God's voice, but she often speaks on behalf of God. And so it's a practical way. Like I got people in my life, uh, specifically my wife and, and mentors that God uses their voice uh, to get my attention. Right. Like, hey, you should be doing this, or you shouldn't be doing that, or hey, have you thought about this? Um, so I, people in my life, and, and specifically my wife, um, she is just a godly woman who who helps me in that area. And then I think circumstances. One in particular is when um, it was, I think it was 2010, um, where I had my lung collapsed. Mm. Um, and I think I was just in a season where m my ministry was succeeding. It felt like everything in my life was just going really good. And I got proud. Right. And I, w I was kind of taking credit for what God was doing. And sure. it's easy to slip into that. And I feel like God brought a, a medical issue in my life to, to humble me. Um, mm. And I've... I felt that all throughout my life. I've had, you know, at the second surgery on my lung and, and, you know, that process of just felt like God was getting my attention. And I know you can sometimes over-spiritualize over it. Um, I didn't see any butterflies, um, <laughs> That's but, a relief. you know, I, I think God uses circumstances to remind us of truths, to teach us. I mean, it was a circumstance in Paul's life, right? Oh, yeah. He's walking Definitely. down the road and 
light from heaven. And so I would say those are the two big things and how God gets my attention in my life is he uses people like my wife, like my friends, like my mentors, other pastors, staff members, and then circumstances. There's certain things that I've walked through and you know, I think you can learn something through everything, really. God can use anything and everything to teach us things. I don't know of many people um, who God got my attention. Their story then proceeds on to wealth and riches and happy times. You know, God, <laughs> it usually is in the form of something difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I know you didn't ask me, but I'll tell you anyway, <laughs> I guess if you pull my... Pull oh, hold my on a second. Aaron... How has God gotten your attention? <laughs> wow, what a, that's so nice of you to ask. <laughs> if, I mean, if I must. Um, <laughs> but I had, so I, I've told this story before, but I had an accident in high school where um, I ended up uh, breaking my back and my foot, and it was kind of like a... For a the record, whole... folks, he should have died. <laughs> so, like, he fell, and it was a significant fall. Like, by the grace of God, he's still alive. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so it was a 40-foot fall that I, I was climbing something. He I said been climbing. 40 feet. <laughs> okay, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. My dad actually um, was at the bottom of this little cliff thing that I was climbing and, and watched me fall. He's talked about that's not his favorite moment to relive for sure. Mm. Um, but anyway, that, that whole thing, it was, I was in high school, but I was, I guess, in a similar thing, not, not experiencing, you know, wild success, but like in a phase of your life where you're coming in to understand who you are as a person. And I was like, okay, I got this kind of like that, that teenager strut. And I think losing my mobility for a while and my yeah. ability to do what I was expecting to do into my you know junior and senior year really was something that actually was why I went into ministry. Mm. And I, we've talked, you know, I'm not, I don't, I tend not to over-spiritualize things, but that was genuinely a time where I thought, man, I had a life direction that if not for this incident, I think it, I would have gone to a totally different career path. So yeah. uh, he got my attention in, in that way too. So I don't know. It just never seems like it's through an easy time. Yeah. And I, I, one thing I would love, if you're listening and you got a story like that, we would love to hear it. Maybe totally. even share it. Like if you just email us how God got your attention at podcast at northridgerochester.com, we would love to hear your stories. Yeah. My goodness. We would love to hear your stories and just, you know, be able to, if, if you've got, if you've got a God got your attention through a positive thing, I definitely want to hear that because yeah, those stories, that's like a unicorn. Um, but for most of us, I'm sure it's a difficult, a difficult time. Um, and yes, I did just mention a mythical creature. I was so. going to say, uh, how many unicorns have you seen? Aaron? <laughs> no, okay. I am a big Harry Potter fan, but that's a whole nother, a whole nother conversation. That'll come up in Joel week four. sees unicorns quite a bit. <laughs> <Okay. but. laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> so uh, final question here, Drew is why Paul? Like, not, not why are we doing a teaching series on Paul, but why would God choose this guy, Paul or Saul from Tarsus? What, what's the deal? What was special about him or what was unique? Um, he could have chosen anybody. Why him? Yeah, I, I think, one, we don't know. I mean, sure. to, to just, we're going to speculate here. I'm going to speculate here on why I think. And, you know, I think a, a even better question is why would God choose any of us? Yeah. Right. You know, like sure. who are we to think that we could be used by God, but yet God uses us all the time. And, and how amazing is that? I think when I look at Paul and I study Paul's life, I see two things that I think are really important to God. One, passion. You know, zeal yeah. is what Paul said, is he he had this passion, this excitement of who God was and, and living in that passion. Um, it moved him. And then I think secondly is knowledge. Um, Paul was a smart guy. 
Um, he was a well-educated guy, and he knew the, the law. He knew the Old Testament. And when you see those two things, God knew when he looked at, at Paul, he had the passion for him, and he had the information. He just needed the steering. And yeah. God knew if he could get this guy going in the right direction, he could do a lot of things for the cause of Christ. And I think we see the fruits of that through his life. Totally. And even like at a super practical level, he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. So this this was a movement born out of Judaism. These are God's chosen people. So choosing a Jew gives him immediate influence to yep. go to synagogues. He was he was also a Roman citizen, which gives him the ability to move freely throughout the empire at the time and speak the language and even have the, the, the rights of citizenship, which we'll find out he used absolutely to their highest degree. Um, and then he was even trained in things like Greek philosophy. He grew yep. up in Tarsus, which was a very um, philosophically oriented city, um, which, you know, has its own whole line of reasoning of how it would have influenced him growing up in that place. So, I mean, he had sort of the perfect pedigree in so many ways. If you're going to put together a movement, he's the right guy. Yeah, and even in Galatians, it says that God God, God was already preparing him for that. You see all that prep work. Again, we mm-hmm. talk about preparation. All these things that he never, he, he, you know, he got studied and all these things. God is using those things to set him up to become the man he wants him to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's amazing. And when I think about my life, that challenges me to ask the question, because I think a lot of people, you know, again, Aaron, we're different, we're different guys. Sure. And when I look at my life, it's like, okay, do I, when God looks at me, do I have passion for him? Mm-hmm. And do I have the knowledge that he wants to use? And right, I that, think, that dynamic duo yeah, of those two Yeah, the balance of those two things. Because I think a lot of people, especially new believers, if you're a new believer and you're listening, awesome, thanks for listening. I think new believers have the passion, right? You, yeah. you get saved and you are on fire for God. I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. I'm, yes, right, yes. Totally. And then mature believers, what's interesting is as, as you grow in God, what I've found to be true is like sometimes that passion, that excitement wanes, but the knowledge grows. Right. And it's this balance of life of learning, man, I've got to keep my fire and passion up, but I also got to keep digging into God's word. And, and so that passion with that balance of knowledge, man, those two make a dynamic duo. Yeah, they are so powerful together. Uh, but w- what does it look like in a believer's life? Like, let's just assume that people have a leaning toward passion or knowledge in their in their everyday life or their Christian life. Um, what does it look like for someone to struggle with that imbalance? I think we're naturally going to lean towards one or the other. Right. I just think that will come natural to us. Like I'm a passionate guy. It's not something I have to think about. It's not something I have to like plan around. It's just who I am. It's who God created me to be. Everything I do, I'm screaming, I'm yelling, I'm diving. (laughs) Like on the basketball court, you're like, who is the crazy guy out there on the court? Like, Drew, you made one shot. Why are you like, you didn't win the, you know, the world championship. Um, And so for me, like, I'm, I'm passionate about doing and doing, doing. And I think the danger in that, if I just have passion, I'm going to do a lot of things, but I'm, I'm going to have no depth. I'm going to have, you know, surface relationships. I'm going to do a lot of good things, but really ultimately sometimes it's for myself and not for somebody else. Mm -hmm. But then on the other side, if I put, you know, knowledge ahead of, you know, without passion, I think what happens is, um, you're just going to grow in your depth 
and you're going to become this really smart Christian that doesn't do anything for Jesus. You right, know? Like, like that spiritual obesity type thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a real thing where, man, we, we put a good thing in, in this pursuit of knowledge of God, and we, we, we seek it and we seek it, but it, it keeps us stagnant from actually doing anything, acting on the things that we're learning. And so I think those are the two dangers. Is like I think that's why Paul was such a special person, such an influential leader, because he knew God but he also acted on the things he knew about God. His passion drove him to move, but his knowledge kept him from going places he shouldn't go to. And I think we got to have those two things balancing us out so we're not lazy and so we're not you know, ignorant to what God wants. So when we're trying to make a difference in the world, uh, live out our Christian faith, I, I want to kind of take that through a practical example. Let's say you know, working with poverty alleviation or something like that. Like we believe we know enough about God to know that he cares about people who are marginalized or those who are in poverty. And so let's say a person's really passionate. The way that they could get out of line here is I just am like super serious about helping poor people. So I'm just going to like go and I'm going to like do it and I'm going to do things. And they're just going to like start throwing money at you know, just like literal actual dollars at people thinking yep. that like, that's going to solve the problem because I'm just so passionate about helping people. Um, but that's, that's ultimately not, they're, they're missing the knowledge piece yep. of like, what's the right way to help a the person. The best solution, yeah. Right. Um, but then if a person's super knowledgeable, you could do all the sociological, all the anthropological and uh, socioeconomic studies and determine like, what is the best way to alleviate poverty in the 21st century in America and like you could write your dissertation on it and help actually zero people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You ha- you don't have the ability or the passion to motivate anybody to do anything, you know. And yeah, you know, th- that's a great example of just how knowledge is great and passion is great, but they're so much better together. Mm-hmm.